Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 110, and I am pleased to have fellow Lakes Conference uh, compadre, amigo, uh, comrade, whatever, uh, friend and friend alike, Don Martindale, the head girls basketball coach at Esterville Lincoln Central High School. Uh, but before we have Coach Martindale on, uh, we of course want to thank our founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha, Nebraska. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402 402- Nine six four zero three zero zero. Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, you're listening to the twi- uh, to the uh, to the podcast here. Now, all of a sudden, I can't talk. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you're listening on iTunes, so download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can get the word out and gain momentum in the ratings so that we can help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Don Martindale, head girls basketball coach, Esterville Lincoln Central High School in Esterville, Iowa. Coach, how are you doing this evening? Doing fine. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, a, 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 a common friend. And uh, Dick Jungers kind of got us uh, hooked up with e- with each other here, so uh, really excited to have you on here tonight and talk some hoops for a while and and just have a good time here. So, uh, you know, Coach, we, the way we usually start this out is I, I give folks an opportunity to kind of introduce themselves, uh, let us know about your basketball journey. So, uh, how did you end up at Esterville Lincoln Central High School and in your fifth year there with uh, with the Midgets? Well, I was a teacher and a coach in the Spencer Community School System for 38 years. I did take yearly retirement package, and uh, Esville Lincoln Central's principal, Brad Leonard, and at the time, Esville Lincoln Central's athletic director, Andy Upton, called me and knew that I was uh, considering uh, retiring from the game, but I just couldn't put it away, and they gave me a call, and here I am there, and it's been just a real good ride ever since they uh, offered me the position at Esville Lincoln Central. Yeah, well, you know, you've had a good ride all the way through, uh, five state tournaments, uh, one win, tell us a little bit about that, one win away from a milestone here, We're, we're, we're chipping away at that. Yeah, uh, personally, my next victory, of course, uh, so many people involved will be my 300. Uh, I was a boys basketball coach for 20 years at Spencer Community Schools. So uh, I began the head coaching journey of girls basketball uh, in the 1999-2000 season. So it's been uh, 21 years uh, respectfully, and it's been a consistent effort. Uh, I think we've won about uh, I average 14 games a year. So I've been really blessed to have a lot of good assistant coaches and people that have bought in and parents, supportive parents or administrators. And that's where we're at today. Yeah. So first official question, Don, and, and I've, I, you know, I, um, I grew up in, in, in Sheldon, Iowa and, uh, uh, you know, Sheldon is no longer in the Lakes Conference. I was in there when, when I was in high school. It was 
Sheldon and, and Sibley and Esterville and Storm Lake, Cherokee, so forth and so on. A um, couple of unique nicknames in the Lakes Conference. Uh, a few of them, actually. You got the Storm Lake Tornadoes. Um, and, but I, I think Sheldon and Esterville uh, top the list of unique nicknames. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Sheldon is the ORABS, and O-R-A-B-S, standing for orange and black, the two colors, the two school colors. Uh, but my cousins graduated from Esterville, and they would, you know, they would say, you know, Esterville midgets and, and, and so forth and so on. So an- answer me this question that I've wondered for about 40 years. How did Esterville get the nickname Midgets? Way back in the day, this was one of the very first questions I asked when I took the job, too, Marty. Um, <laughs> so, so the story I've received by quite a few people is that back in the day, and I can't give you the exact year, but a bunch of Esterville community people, some basketball players from Esterville, crossed the border into Minnesota and played a much, much taller uh, a group of players from Minnesota right across the border. People would know where Esterville really is. It was about, you know, you can almost see Minnesota from Esterville. But mm-hmm. they went up there, and uh, Esterville boys beat the Minnesota boys, and they came back. And ever since, they've been the headlines were the midgets beat the tall people from Minnesota. And that's the story I get. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what everybody tells me. Well, that's okay. So that there, there is an actual story behind it, and and it, actually based on athletic achievement, uh, rather than just an, ar- an arbitrary thing. Okay, so that would make sense. That that yep. that, that makes sense. So, um, you uh, you mentioned the crossover that you had. You coached boys for a long time, and then you stepped into uh, you stepped into the to the girls side of things. Uh, what were some of the biggest differences that that you? Uh, what were some of the big? Let's start with similarities and differences. We'll we'll do both similarities and differences. We'll start with similarities. What were what were some of the major similarities that you saw between the boys' game and the girls' game, and and not necessarily the game, but but coaching a team, managing a team, developing a team, and a program as you move forward. Yeah, that's a real good question. Um, I read a real good article here just uh, recently, and I think it's it's all summed up by this these two statements that uh, the male athlete competes to bond and the female athlete needs to bond to compete. And I think there's so much truth to that. Uh, the similarity would be, of course, five-on-five basketball is five-on-five basketball. I was very fortunate mm-hmm. enough to, uh, <clears throat> to learn the game from so many people. Uh, the one difference that I have found out that has really worked for me uh, coaching the female athlete, I always stress to them that, you know, when you're, when you have to constructively uh, criticize or critique things, what's worked for me is I said, I'll always remember I'm talking to you as a basketball player. And I've been doing this now for 21 years. And it's amazing. Some of the athletes that I've been fortunate enough, of course, they'll come back and tell me, you know, a certain experience, a certain situation that I have forgotten about years ago, but they remember those things. And I think, uh, you know, the the male athlete kind of, like I said, they're going to compete and they're going to bond that way and they're going to take things as it goes. And 
But the female athletes, to me personally, they, they, they take it to heart a little bit more. And, 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 and I really, I really, uh, have really appreciated coaching both boys and girls. I don't coach the game hardly at all different though. I mean, it's, it's basketball as basketball, as you all know. Mm-hmm. I, I always felt like, uh, there's old now i say it's an old movie but it's it's 15 17 years old which a lot of our listeners will recognize uh and i don't know if you've seen it or not coach uh it's an old movie called napoleon dynamite um oh i've seen that okay it's a movie. <laughs> so uh i love that movie <laughs> well okay so you could you could follow me along on this and 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 i vote you know the, they got the uncle rico guy who's who's reliving the state championship game of 83 you know and mm-hmm. and if coach would have just right. put me in and 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 we as 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 guys uh always feel like man if i'd have just getting that chance you know i could i could I could post up Magic Johnson. I could I could dunk on Jordan. I could do this. I could do that. And 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 I that's one of the big differences I've seen is is uh, in my experiences, uh, females are more likely to say, you know, Mary, she's she's better than me. And and you know that's why. Whereas guys are like, you know, man, if you know, I could, I bet I could throw this football over them mountains, just like Uncle Rico says in the movie. Uh, is that something you saw as well, Coach? Um. I I don't want I'm going to disagree here. Um, the, yes, a little bit, but the real competitive female athletes they still they still really want to go out. They want to take it to you. They want to prove to you who's better. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah I, I can I can see where you're coming from. I can yeah. I can I can agree with that a little bit. And I think what you just said is something that as a coach you really got to work on to really you know and show those kids day in, day out that they really do have a lot of work to what they're doing and really take pride in their, you know, the craft of their work. And mm-hmm. I, but I'll, I'll agree a little bit with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm painting with a very broad brush. I fully realize that, that I'm painting with a very broad brush on that one there. So um, you you had mentioned in your, in your uh, survey that I sent you, I thought it was interesting, uh, you mentioned a guy named Andy McGaffin. Uh, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times when I get uh, stuff back from, from coaches, uh, they'll list all the basketball influences. But, but uh, Coach McGaffin was a, a baseball influence on you, or he was a baseball coach, and he had a big influence on you as a, as a coach and as a basketball coach. And, and you, you said something about organizational skills. You know, I was just kind of curious, uh, what did you mean by that? And, and, and what were some things that he brought to the table uh, for you that, that helped you uh, develop as a coach? Just the the practice, the practice planning, the discipline needed into becoming a, a head coach. Andy and I came to Spencer the same year in nineteen in nineteen seventy eight, and he had ten years of experience under his belt. He was at Lake City, Iowa. He's a Hall of Fame baseball coach, but he basically has been a huge mentor to me. And he's not only. Uh, practice planning in, in basketball but as a, as a teacher just the organizational skills to be prepared don't put things off um you know i have a i have a, a saying that i preach to my players all the time that i learned from him and it was it's you're only you're only going to be as good as your next game you're only going to be as good as your next practice and just just the the, the simple things of of 
you know, don't put off tomorrow what you have to do. You know, you got to get this stuff done today. And he was, uh, you know, he's, he's something I'm forever indebted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, uh, you had said, you know, you were at Spencer altogether, what did you say, 38 years? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And how did you, you start out in Nebraska? You, you graduated from Peru, correct? I did. I graduated from Peru State in 19, 1978. Okay, all right. Um, and so you, you were at Spencer for a long time. Like I said, you, you decided to take the early retirement. Uh, what was what was kind of the, 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 the itch, if you will, uh, to get back into it? What brought you back into coaching? And, and kind of how did you... Uh, what were some of the factors that you looked at before you got back into it? Um, I just, I did not lose, you know, the, the, uh, the competitive arena aspect of it. I just still consider myself a pretty competitive person. And I just felt like if I quit doing this, Marty, I'm going to lose some relationships with young people. And I think, you know, personally, the number one reason I do coach basketball is to teach life lessons through the game of basketball. I just felt like I had uh, I had a little bit more left, and certainly I have, and I'm enjoying it now just as much as I did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Was there, uh, was there some things that for you, um, as you considered getting back into it, uh, you know, we, we can think about getting back into it, but you also, you had done this long enough that you knew what you needed to have in place, uh, to get back into mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, did you kind of have a list in your back of your head? Did you, did you, did you write it down? Uh, were you, were you kind of, oh, what's the way I'm looking for? Uh, you know, you know, did you, did you always say, Hey, you know, I'm going to retire, but if that particular place came open, boy, that'd be really interesting to me, uh, type of a thing. Or was it just kind of like, you know, eh, you know, let's just, just see where the wind takes us. Well, really a good question. Number one, um, I list three coaches in that I've coached against throughout the years that I really hold in high regard that I thought did an outstanding job. Now we talked about Dick Jungers and then it's I mean the, the conference coaches. One was Barry Borchers at Lamar's, mm-hmm. one is Rick Ranking at Spirit Lake, and the other one is Brad Leonard at Esther Lincoln Central. Now Brad Leonard is the principal at Esther Lincoln Central, but his kids, we had battles uh, throughout the years while I was at Spencer and he was again one of the one of the uh men that called me about the job in I always remember playing against Central Lincoln Central that they were so tough and they were so mentally tough and they played the same style of basketball we played in Spencer. So that was the selling point. I knew going up there that they were going to feature some some really, you know, hard-nosed kids that are going to play a pretty aggressive style of basketball. And Brad Nine through the years, uh, have, have become very good friends. Mm-hmm. What, what advice uh, would you give to you know, because you're you're somewhat fresh off of off of coming into a new job. You're you're in your your fifth year, but you know, like I said, you've been around the game a long time. You've been a lot of, around a lot of different administrations and and situations. What advice would you give to coaches? What are the the two, three, four things uh, that you uh, would tell a coach? Hey, these are the things that you should be looking at 
when you're looking for a job and possibly applying for a job. And as you interview, these are the things that you should be looking for, uh, that, that this is, this is a quality position. Uh, the first thing I certainly would do, Marty, would be to contact the coach that was prior there to see how things work there, how the administration works there, what the players are like. I would also take it a step further and ask another coach because, of course, in this day and age, things don't always go so well for individuals that you know move on from a, from one job to another, if you know what I mean. Um, that would be the first thing. I would tell them to definitely... Again, getting back to the organizational part, you know, you just stay stay the course, do, you know, whatever your philosophy is on coaching basketball, don't try and do too much as you're moving to a, a new job. Just, you know, really, really uh, get a sound base with your youth program and get a hold of your traveling team coaches and really stress the fundamentals because this day and age, as you all know, with the, with all that's out there, um, it, it, kids just, they want to play. They want to play all the time, but the game becomes so much more fun if you stress the fundamentals and get a sound base for your program. Um, and somehow, some way, and, and I've been really blessed in this, in this regard, you've got to find assistant coaches that are going to be loyal to your program. Mm-hmm. Any anything you know that uh, w- anything that you would say you know this would be a red flag. Uh, you know we we kind of look for the the positives, but also you know you kind of do have to keep your head on a swivel a little bit and say ah boy that's uh, that's something that you know I don't I don't know about that that position or that job. Is there is there one or two things that are the red flags that that you go, hey, gosh, that, that might not be a wise move or a, 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 a wise decision or a wise job to take there. <laughs> the red flag always is replacing somebody that's had a whole lot of success. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's a red flag. Now, um, now I would, uh, again, get back to what I said, I, I would really ask a few questions about what, what uh, your, if you're, of course, your head coaching position, who is your assistant coach is going to be? What is their past track record? Are they going to be loyal? Do they believe in, you know, after sitting down with them before taking the job, ask them what their uh, philosophy is? Hopefully they see things eye to eye with you. If they don't, that's certainly a red flag because that can be problematic. Um, you know, and, and I don't mean it's negative, but there are programs where winning is expected. And, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sure you know of a few, you know, you've been around the game a long time now. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is the goal of the program and the, with, from the administration point of view? I mean, is there going to be, you know, certain pressures put on you? Those are all red flags, and those are questions I'd certainly be asking. Yeah. I, I you know, uh, when I came off of my own personal sabbatical, you know, one of the questions I asked was, you know, do you want a transactional coach or a transformational coach? And, mm-hmm. you know, I had really settled in on, you know, I love to win. I'm going to fight like crazy to win on game night. Uh, but I'm I'm not a transactional guy. I'm not going to just have these players suit my purposes of winning and losing games. And that's the extent of our relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
the, the most, you know, pretty much every place I had interviewed at, they were like, no, we're, we're not, you know, we want to build good relationships. We want a transformational coach. We want to teach life lessons, so forth and so on. Uh, but I think that's a really, really important question to ask. Don't you think, Don? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the most joy, and I've been asked this a lot too, um, but and then I ask this, you know, what's the most important part of coaching? And I can honestly say, um, when I get, when personally my family gets invited to now these little boys or girls, now they're moving on in their lives and you get invited to their weddings, you get invited to important things that, that they, uh, you know, that they're experiencing in their life after their high school years. I, I think that's the most important thing. And I, and I know everybody wants to win, but you, you certainly don't want to get over the top on things and you got to keep things in perspective. But I, I do think it's, it's the life lessons learned through basketball. That is, that's the number one reason why I coach. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. A pen and a napkin university is offering you, our listeners, a great opportunity to learn more about coaching above and beyond the a pen and a napkin universe. In our video series detailing personal growth and development, you can purchase videos on topics like interviewing for a job, basketball analytics, and fundraising and social media. Go to a pen and a napkin.com and follow the links to order. Videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the bundle for $50. That's less than $8 a video. We also have our defensive series available. Those videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the three-video bundle for $25. Check out the A Pen and a Napkin University video library. Coach, you uh, you got a pretty important call here, or I don't know how exactly. You'll have to tell us exactly how you got the news, uh, but you are going to be a newly minted member of the Iowa Girls Coaches Association Hall of Fame uh, this coming. I assume it'll probably be in the springtime at some point here, uh, spring or summer, uh, you know, first of all, how did how how did you hear about it? How did how did they tell you that you were going to be a Hall of Famer? Uh, the executive secretary of the Iowa Girls Coach Association's uh, gentleman by the name of Joel Sullivan. He uh, has been the Ames High School head girls basketball coach. He's big in the association. I actually thought he was going to call me up to uh, run a clinic because we have you know there's a big IGCA clinic. Mm-hmm. in all, uh, a lot of communities right before the season starts. I thought he was going to have me uh, hold one of those at Estherville. And lo and behold, he said, uh, I've got some good news for you that uh, you uh, are going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. So it was from one of the, uh, you know, up the ups in the, in the association. Yeah. Uh, so you were caught a little bit off guard by it. I was. I was. <laughs> and I know that there's some variables that, you know, come into play here. Uh, of course, I've been at it quite a while. We've had some success, but I think I think the uh, number one thing, uh, other than the uh, regional finals and the state tournament appearances, Marty, I think it's the consistency in our programs. Mm-hmm. And I also think that uh, the two programs we took over at Spencer was really a program that was struggling. And then the one we took over, our staff took over at Estherville uh, Lincoln Central. They really were in a, in a situation where they struggled. And we got them, you know, we've got them, uh, you know, up to really being very competitive programs. Well, I, I you know, I, very competitive would be an understatement, uh, Don. So you're, you're, I, I appreciate your, your humility, but. I know you guys are really doggone good, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that. You don't have to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. So, 
Um, uh, you can say it, but always remember it's not me. It's it's a we, not me situation. I've been blessed with really good assistance, and again, kids that have bought in and, and very supportive administrators and supportive parents. Well, and and I think that's that's important for us to remember as coaches uh, that mm-hmm. you know. I, I I had a conversation with a with a gentleman yesterday, and it was it was very nice, and and he was very very complimentary about what we're trying to do to rebuild our program, and you know, but I uh, you know I always say hey, you know what I haven't scored a basket, I haven't gotten a rebound, I haven't gotten you know I haven't taken a charge, so forth and so on. Uh, it, it's been all the kids, and we. <laughs> We are usually, not always, but usually as good as our players. And and we, you know, for us to look good as coaches, we need to have really, really good players on the floor. And, and if and if you don't think that, you're you're fooling yourself to a large degree, don't you oh, think, Coach? Absolutely. It's great you said that because I get that question asked all the time and say, Don, who's the best coach you know? And I always say, the one with the best players. <laughs> That's the best coach I know. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did a a, a guest, uh, uh, I did a classroom session and uh, with some college kids. It was a it was a coaching theory class, basketball coaching theory class. And I kind of I, I kind of messed with the kids a little bit. I feel bad, but I, I said, okay, here's the number one key to be a great basketball coach. You know, if you here's here's the thing that you got to do to to win just a ton of games. Okay, are you ready? And I kind of built up this whole thing, and and they're they're all you know there's about ten or twelve kids in the class, and they're they're ready. And I and I said, okay, here it is, here it is. You ready? You ready? You ready? Here it is. Get really really good players and let them play. And they're looking at me like, really, dude? That was that was kind of a jerk move. And I had a giggle about it, but th- there's there's so much truth to that, don't you think, Coach? Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got it. Good coaches, don't don't get yourselves. Uh, we've got a very good team this year, and it's because of we've got really good, we've got good players, and they put the time in, and they you know they get along well with each other, and they they play. Uh, I always tell them, hey, let's play for each other, not with each other, and that's the type of team we've got, and that's what good teams do. Mm-hmm. When you when you have a team like that, and you know, is it sometimes just best to just get the heck out of their way at times? Perfect. Perfectly said. <laughs> Don't overcoach. Perfectly said, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I do. I think sometimes we, 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 I, who was it? Pete Newell maybe said, you know, basketball is the most overcoached game, uh, you know, and, and there, there are times where when you've got that talent, you know, here's here's a basic structure. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's get a few wrinkles here. And then our job comes in with kind of the winning on the margins type of stuff. You know, preparing mm-hmm. them for for out of bounds plays. Preparing them for all right. Let's really execute this these three to five sets and 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 things like that. And and then you le- you leave the rest of it to the kids. And and that's where that's where our role really steps in there. Don't you think, Coach? Well, absolutely. You know, I'm fortunate that Spencer had two <clears throat> two All-State point guards, and I've got one in the making up here at ELC. And I read, people do ask me that question. It says, how do you coach them? I say, you don't coach them. You, know, you let them do their own thing. The only time you coach them is like you just said. When you want to put a, run a set play, you know, that, that's about it. I mean, 
uh, the good ones know how to play. And again, you certainly don't want to overcoach them. I always tell them the more you put in their head, the slower the feet move, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarkanian called it with paralysis by analysis or something like that. And yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we had talked, um, again, kind of Lakes Conference, Northwest Iowa, uh, a, a Friday night in, in Lamar's or or Spencer or Esterville or any of these type of places. Or, you know, you go, you're, especially you get into Sioux County at a Sioux Center mm-hmm. or a whole Western Christian. Um, just what makes Tuesday and Friday nights in Northwest Iowa just kind of a little bit different than, than everywhere else? It's it's the tradition. You mentioned it best. Uh, we go out to we go to Whole Western on Tuesday night. And I know the place is going to be jam packed. Their boys are very very talented. Their girls have that story tradition out there. Uh, it's it's just again. I, I did not know this part of the state existed growing up until I got out here. The the community support. You know, I'm not going to say it's the only game in town, but it is. It is a way of life on Tuesday and Friday nights in this part of the state. And Sioux County, you're talking Sioux Center and MOC, Mm -hmm. Western, Unity Christian, I mean, on and on. And then you go right out there to Lyon County with Central Lyon and West Lyon. And it's just just the way of life. And the, the communities really have to be commended for the support they show the young people in their community. And it never ends. Our, our um, you know, at Esterville, whether we're playing well or whether we're not playing well, boys or girls, our gym is almost packed every night, and, and you just can't say enough about the uh, support they give the young people and how much, how appreciative everybody is for it. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think that, don't you think sometimes it's harder to get to the state tournament out of Northwest Iowa during certain years. I'm not saying every year, but, you know, again, painting with a broad brush. But, you know, it's sometimes it's harder to get to the state tournament than once you get down there, you feel like, okay, we got this now. We, we, we've kind of, especially on the boys' side of things, uh, man, it's just it's just a slugfest in, in every single class of the, the you know, the 1A, 2A levels to get down there, you know. Hey, that's a great point. I mean, right now, we're sitting in class 3A girls basketball up here right now. Number one is Unity Christian. Number two is West Lyon. Number three is Ballard. Number four is Esther Lincoln Central. Number five is Sergeant Bluff Luton. We're all up here. And then you look at class 2A boys basketball right now. Boyden Hall, Hull Western, and, and Central Lion. Uh, they got to do something with, with all of us and either boys and girls basketball. Everybody's, I, I did scout the Hull Western Spirit Lake game and I had a very good conversation with Coach Kaiser from Hull Western yesterday. And everybody sits on pins and needles waiting to see what's going to happen here in about two weeks, two to three weeks. And you thought gerrymandering was only in politics. It's also in high school <laughs> uh, district matchups, isn't it? Absolutely, it but sure is. You know, I really like the way Iowa does it, um, where they let they let two thirds ish of the season play out, two thirds of three fourths of the season, and, and then they kind of mm-hmm. put it all together. Uh, you know, we were um, off air. We were talking about my glory days or or glory day. I might have had a single glory day in that high school career, but uh, you know, I remember my senior year before we even played 
our first game, and we knew that we were going to play Unity Christian in the first round of the state playoffs for basketball. And and I think that has been such a positive progression uh, to to wait, to kind of gerrymander a little bit, to kind of see how it plays out, and, and kind of truly give those top 8 to to 12-ish teams, and, and somebody's going to get knocked off along the way, obviously. You can't have everybody that's good at the state tournament. But to to wait and to give it a chance is is a really good way of doing things, I think. I don't, what's your perspective on it, Coach? Yeah, I, 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 I would have to agree with you. The, and I know and some people agree with me and some people won't agree with me here, but uh, I just wish, yes, I agree with them waiting it out, you know, Till the end of January, 1st of February. I just wish, as we're speaking on this topic, and I don't know if you're familiar with the D.C. Moore uh, schedule strength rankings that is in the state of Iowa. I don't know if you're uh, I've heard of familiar it. with that, but I, I wish they would take in consideration that for the strength of schedule also. I really do because we've we've been talking about Northwest Iowa basketball year in, year out. It's so strong, boys and girls, and we, I mean, it's a well-known fact that, uh, and not taking anything away from anybody else, but uh, traditionally, there's some really strong teams up here. Mm-hmm. We need and, and you know, fighting it out every night. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is a slugfest, uh, but you know, you 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 love it. You wouldn't have it any other way, you know, because you know, if you come out of it, you've earned it. You know, you've really, really earned. Oh, absolutely. It. Yep. Mm-hmm. Coach, we're going to pivot here. Uh, at this time, we, we have our John Wooden quote of the day. And uh, so we've got a quote here. I'm going to read a, a John Wooden quote. And uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, kind of reflecting for a second and, and letting me know what you think of it and, and how that applies to you and your philosophy and your program, you know, feel free to, uh, to, to fill that in, especially after, uh, you know, a guy that's been doing this for a long time. I, I think you'll definitely relate to this quote. So, uh, Coach, are you ready for it? I am. All right, here we go. The John Wooden quote of the day is, I'd rather have a lot of talent and a little experience than a lot of experience and a little talent. Okay, so tell, tell me that again. I'd rather have a lot of talent and a little bit of experience than a lot of experienced players and a little talent. You'd rather have more talent than experience. Yes. Uh, I think, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, boy, I tell you what, that's a hard one. More talent than than experience, or rather experience and talent. Um, Yeah, yes, um, you can say what you want. I agree with that. I think talent's, talent's going talent's to win you games. And, of course, as you go along, what I guess I don't want to sound, you know, really too dumbfounded by that statement, but you can always get them experienced. Is that is that a good way to put that? I don't know. I mean, but talent's going to carry you an awful long ways. Yeah, absolutely. And even young talent is going to carry you a long ways uh, as well. So, um, yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, Coach Martindale, we're going to jump into kind of your philosophy a little bit here. Um, let's. Let, you've talked a couple of times about assistant coaches and the importance of of a good staff around you. Uh, what are some things that you give to your assistant coaches? Uh, responsibilities for for their 
you know, what do you ask of your assistant coaches to do within your program, whether it's on the court, off the court? How important is it to delegate? Um, just yeah. just kind of, you know, just kind of go through your system and, and what you've come up with. And, and I'm just going to kind of sit back and listen to you talk. And if I've got a question to throw in there, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to throw it in there. But I'm, I'm just going to kind of let you cook here a little bit, Coach. So uh, tell us about your coaching staff and, and how you manage it and how you uh, get the most out of your assistant coaches. Um, very good. I'm glad I get to talk on this. Um, we've talked about it before. Number one, they've got to be loyal. I think that's the, that's the uh, end game of everything. You've got to have loyal assistants. I mean, it's the old Johnny Red Tour statement. He said, as soon as you start talking to people in the crowd, that's where you're going to be sitting. And I don't, I don't mean to be negative when I'm talking about this, but sometimes your assistant coaches don't see eye to eye with what the head coach is doing, so you've always got to be on the same page. And loyalty is number one. Um, player development, player development is uh, certainly a requirement by all of our assistant coaches, and what I, in, in all fundamental areas where you know you can break it down, whatever we're talking, ball handling, perimeter moves, <clears throat> post moves, whatever. That is certainly a requirement. And then I do break it down. I'm very fortunate. I do delegate the scouting and game plan, game planning to one coach, the uh, video, the huddle program, of course, and the statistics, bus departures, those type of things, kind of a basketball operations uh, 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 situation. Uh, and then offensively and defensively, I'm very fortunate at ELC. I've got an outstanding defense coach that sees eye-to-eye with my my uh, personal philosophy, so I delegate that to him. I basically take the offense. Uh, the strength and conditioning part of it is done by all of our coaches. We are on one, our school is on one uh, strength and conditioning program, and we do take turns covering that. Uh, game night, game night, there is one coach that is required for the substitution and rotations. I, I delegate that to one coach. I'm very fortunate. Uh, another one of our coaches <clears throat> is in charge of consultations. Uh, you know, when the substitutions come out of the game or right before they go into the game. And then another coach is uh, in charge of fouls and timeouts. Um, I think what the gist you're getting here, I know that, again, everybody does it differently. And there's some guys and gals that want to be in complete charge of everything. I'm not that I'm not that type of person that's never going to be my way or the highway. And, and don't get me wrong, what works for me may not work for others, but I really try and uh, really spread it around and really make people feel like they're really important with the, with this thing. And I think it's just works. It's worked so well for me, and I, I, I will not change it doing anything different, especially this stage of the game. But again. Um, it's it's a total team deal here with our coaching staff. And again, I've been so blessed with so many good ones. I've, I was so fortunate at Spencer because I was an assistant boys coach down there for 14 years. And a lot of those guys <clears throat> guys uh, came back and lived in Spencer. And then they jumped on board with me when I took the girls program over. So they knew our system inside and out. So And then coming up here, very fortunate at ELC that our coaching staff, really, we all on the same page with the same style of basketball we want to play. But that's how I do it, and it works for me. And Again, I'm, there's two sides to everything, but it, uh, it's really been a good ride for me. How many assistants do you have, Coach? With your like, Generally, with your varsity group, you're going to have – varsity and JV group, how many assistants will you have? 
uh, three. Um, very fortunate. I have, uh, at ELC, I have three assistant coaches. And, uh, I'm very fortunate. I've got one of, one of our, uh, assistant coaches played college basketball at Iowa Lakes Community College in Morningside. And another one of my assistant coaches is from my hometown, and she used to be the head women's coach at Ellsworth Community College. And then my other assistant coach, uh, has been really big in the uh, in like the travel team youth youth uh, development as as was the uh, gentleman that I mentioned Scott Stokes that played at at Morningside so mm-hmm. they were really big in our youth development but they're my assistant coaches now so it's really a good fit. We're gonna we're gonna combine your assistant coaches with your with your practice setup here. Uh, you know. Yeah. How do you use your, you know, how do you set up your practices and how do you use your assistant coaches that you're so comfortable with and you're really lucky to have that? Uh, you know, how do you, how do you use your, your coaches in the way that you set up your practices and, and how do you delegate uh, things in practice to your assistant coaches and what are the things that are going to be ran by Coach Martindale? Uh, very good question. Uh, before I took the job, and I, I had to sit down with all these uh, the two gentlemen and, and with uh, with David Nichols and Scott Stokes, and my two uh, uh, guy guy coaches and the female coaches Annie Calouse. Um, it's interesting because they all want to be a part of it. So what I did, I wanted first to know what they felt comfortable with. So our first part of practice is always uh, done with our fundamental skill development, our ball handling, passing, perimeter moves, low pulse moves. And amazingly, Annie's a, a real small, uh, really uh, petite young, la- uh, young lady coach, and she's an outstanding low pulse coach, and she takes her low pulse players. Um, J.R. Nichols, he, I have delegated his his position. He will work with the low post people also. And then with uh, Scott Stokes, he is just a phenomenal uh, uh, perimeter offensive move finishing drill footwork coach. So that's how we break that down. And I get to oversee all that. And I, I pick and choose day-to-day what I like to work on. Um, do you want me to go down the, the whole list of how our practices run, Marty? Absolutely. My, my computer has okay. plenty of memory in it, Don, so let's let it rip. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's our, that's our first part of our practice. Uh, the next part, we are a, uh, <clears throat> then we'll break it off. We do competitive shooting for probably 10, 15 minutes. Uh, we are a full court pressing team, and we do uh, we do work 15 probably early in the year 20, 15, 20 minutes on our full court uh, pressing defense. Uh, I will go on to say that not one time in our practice do we run. We used to. We do not do conditioning drills because we're an up tempo team. We get all of our conditioning done um, with our full court defense and our transition offense. After full court defense. In between these segments, of course, we take a break. But uh, then we move on to our offense, our man-to-man zone stuff, our, our press break, our half-court zone press stuff, our early offense, our delay game, et cetera. And we break into our aggressive play segments, uh, probably 10 minutes worth, and we're talking here, uh, rebounding, taking charges, defensive denial, that both part of the games. And then what has really worked well for us, Marty, and um half-court defense, half court offense. And what we do here, and again, people may not agree with this, but um, I've already found that I am not a guy that uh, ever wants to bank on one class 
or never want to have a team not ready to play varsity basketball. Um, we Do we scrimmage our JV versus our varsity? Yes, we do. But this is a segment where we do intermingle our kids. Our varsity players will play with our JV players, and we will go five-on-five scrimmage, and it really works out well. And again, it's part of our culture, knowing that these kids really feel part of it to go practice with the varsity in this part of our segment to really get a real good sense of self-worth. Then we go our special situations, or, you know, uh, out-of-bounds plays, special plays, time and score, uh, you know, working against any junk defense. And then we will come back and we will scrimmage some more five-on-five with varsity only. And uh, then we will uh, end with a fun, with free throws and then a fun drill band practice. We don't run and it really works so well for us. Again, other people may disagree with this type of um, practice plan, but again, I've been in so long and it's worked for me, so I'm not changing it. Mm-hmm. And and what are your, you know, you, you talked about how you turn uh, some of that postcard breakdown stuff over to your assistant coaches. Uh, what are some other things in the flow of practice uh, that you're going to, uh, let's say when you're when you're working on your press work, do you have uh, one of your coaches watching the off the ball rotations, and you're watching the on the ball, and the and somebody else is watching press break, or what are some other ways that you kind of divvy some things up as you're going through? I love your practice plan; makes a ton of sense to me. Um, but just kind of you know, kind of taking the two topics and melding them together. How are you? How are you integrating uh, this? This sounds like this really good staff that you have with uh, yeah. with this practice plan that you've laid out. Yeah, very good question. Um, one of our assistant coaches will take the offense. One of our assistant coaches will take the defense, and they they do a remarkable job. Um, and just what you said, one is looking for you know off the ball rotations, uh, making sure they're making sure they're in the correct slides, you know, when we're in, in a full court defensive situation. Um, just, it, it works really good. I mean, when you have put that responsibility on the assistant coaches, it just does so much more for owning the program in their eyes, if you know what I mean. They really feel part of it. And uh, again, it, it works really good. I mean, whether Whatever we're working on, half court man, half court, <clears throat> half court zone, whatever. One coach takes the offense, one coach takes the defense, and another assistant coach uh, will also uh, take. Like, are are you rebounding? You know, are you cutting hard? You know, we I delegate that too because I've got three really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, as you as you uh, you, you talked a little bit about culture, and and you were at Spencer for. Obviously, a very, very long time as 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 someone very familiar with the situation, uh, you know, I I kind of always have seen uh, a, a town like a, a Spencer um, as a little bit of a of a sleeping giant um, when it came yeah. to a lot of a lot of different stuff. You know, I know uh, when I gosh, I think when I was in high school one year, they won the state uh, state baseball and. Yep. Uh, you know that type of thing, uh, but but you took a program that had not had a lot of success, and you built it up yeah. into a very consistent winning program. Um, what you know, taking these two things, you know, uh, working with a great staff, being organized, highly organized, and and putting stuff together. 
what were some other things that you did to build a, a culture of consistency at Spencer uh, to to kind of to take it up uh, to levels that the, the program had frankly never seen before? Uh, and I'm not saying that's anybody's fault. It, it could be not enough. Uh, good basketball players in general, or you know, just there's there's a whole bunch of different reasons why. But you were able to build a consistent program there. Um, what were what were some things that you really focused in on when you took over the job to to build up that program to where you got it to where you're 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 fighting for district and regional championships and and getting to the state tournament and 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 having those positive experiences. Um. First of all, I was very fortunate. I was an elementary physical education teacher in that community. As you all know, it's a pretty large community, and I knew all the kids. Secondly, I was very fortunate to be an assistant coach in a very successful boys basketball program mm-hmm. under Pat Cogran and uh, in, uh, Bob Hake. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people knew that when I decided to take the job that, you know, hopefully I had a good track record that, you know, basically I was going to be the right person for the for the job because I knew all the kids and I was, you know, elementary PE can really develop some great relationships with those young little choppers there. And they, they think the world of you if you do things right. So I had that going for me, but we had to start, we had to start traveling teams. We had to start a basketball camp and we just had to get them interested and above all, money. The, the the number one thing about all this is you've got to get out and you've got to show the kids that you care about them. You've got to go to their softball games or their baseball games. You've got to go to, you know, their volleyball games or their football games, whatever. They, the number one thing that I found with uh, the youth today, in, 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 not today, but it, it really hasn't changed, if they know you care about them, they're going to do. They're going to do a lot for you, and they're going to play for you. And you've, you've got to be genuine about it. And you've got to, you know, I've got the old, uh, the old saying here: the happiest people are those who help others. And that is a big, big phrase. I, I do a lot of things with certain quotes that really benefited me. But getting, getting uh, a hold of the young kids, getting them in, interested. Um, another thing. We sent out a letter. I was very fortunate to have really good traveling team coaches at Spencer, and we invited every kid, every every girl in our in our younger grades got a letter and wanting to know if they'd be interested. It was not a hand pick, go out and hand pick people. Everybody got everybody got the fair opportunity to do it. So we weren't going out and hand picking people. And I know that's a problem this day and age. And I know some people do that and it works for them, but we didn't approach it that way. And again, it was, it was just a real, real togetherness thing. And once we started to have some success, it just the old saying success breeds success. Another thing, uh, Marty, that has really worked well for me and our staff is that, um, I'm not one of these guys that, that is going to say, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. We want these kids playing multiple sports. We want them uh, involved in a lot of activities, whether it's fine arts, dance, whatever. Um, we do celebrate National Honor Society. We do um, celebrate birthdays. We just, the, the whole thing around our program is the togetherness thing. I go with the old TNT, and I've got a big banner in our locker room, and it stands for Together 
no excuses, no regrets, and toughness. And that's what this whole thing is about, and that's why I think it's really worked well for us, and that's, you were right, Spencer was a sleeping giant in girls' basketball. There really was, and once we got it going, it, it was really a good ride. Uh-huh. Some, some questions, because I, I know some coaches that are listening to this are going to say, hey, we're really struggling, or I'm just taking over a program, and and how do I get this built up? And, you know, everybody talks about starting a youth program and starting a youth program. Uh, let's really get into the nuts and bolts of that, Don. You know, uh, you know how young uh, do you have kids playing in your organized youth program? How, how early do you start your kids? Uh, in Spencer, it was fourth and fifth grade. And I know some people are doing some things kindergarten through, uh, kindergarten through third grade. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not against that. I just never took that route. But, it, you know, at, at Spencer, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade are traveling teams. And it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard this day and age, the, the, uh, the, you know, the lifestyles and the, you know, everything that's, you're going here, you're going there as a parent and everything that, you know, the daily, daily grind of, of, uh, of work and everything. But you just got to find, and it, I don't have the magical, formula for finding the right people you know mm-hmm. you're just going to be fortunate if you've got people in your community that will reach out and take a traveling team and it's work i'm not gonna it's work it, it is costly at times and you're giving up a lot of your freedom so you've got to have to try and whatever way possible right find the right people and boy you, you cannot thank those people enough and i've been very fortunate in that regard yeah um we at, at ours we do like a and our boys coach organizes a lot of this part of it, but we do like a kindergarten through second grade, like a six-week skills thing, and I'm using air quotes here, but uh, you know, we, we have the ability in our main gym to bring our side hoops all the way down to eight feet so they can mm-hmm. take smaller basketballs and put them in the basket. But it's, it's six weeks for an hour a week just to, you know, here's here's – Putting the, you know, here's here's a little bit of basketball stuff, and then uh, we get ours going in in third grade. Is is what we do. Uh, how many mm-hmm. how many uh, practices a week do you have with your teams? Uh, and, and how many games do you think is a good uh, number of games for your kids to play to get enough experience and and get reps, but not burn them out. Oh, you're talking youth teams here, right? Yeah, yeah, youth uh, yeah, okay. teams. Okay, uh, yep. I would not personally, and this just worked for me. I would not go more than two times a week practice. And <clears throat> of course, you've got the AAU coming into play here. But for your own community traveling teams, uh, you know, four four to five tournaments a year is what I would recommend for people are, for kids that are just starting because you, you got to many kids too. I mean, you do, and you don't want to, it, it can't become a job is what I'm trying to say. And again, some people, listeners uh, may not agree, but we just don't, we don't overdo it. And I've been very fortunate at both schools that we don't have, we don't have many people that uh, drop from our program when they have dropped from our program when they get into high school. So it's work. It, that approach works for me, but it may not for other people. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you just mentioned it. Now, you, I don't know if you're reading my mind or not here, Don. It, it was probably a pretty brief uh, read, if you were. But uh, you, you were kind of talking about you, you're in uh, 
two unified systems in Spencer and Esterville there. Uh, and and you start playing, I'm assuming, uh, school games in 6th or 7th grade? 7th uh, grade. 7th yep. grade. Not 6th grade, 7th grade. Yep. Yes. Uh, yep. How involved are you with, with that aspect of it as well? Uh, I'm involved with uh, with the, of course the uh, the assistant coach, or excuse me, our seventh grade coach or eighth grade coach. They uh, they um, do uh, basically the same drills, the same the same offenses, the same defenses. Uh, the, the philosophies we have at high school are certainly ran at our seventh and eighth grade. It's not like they're going to do their own thing down there. And again, <laughs> it gets down to being on the same page, but. Oh yeah, we're uh, we'll go down and work with our seventh and eighth graders. Our varsity kids will from time to time, and we have done that. But we are running the same drills. Our our you know basketball terminology is the same. Uh, I just think if you get, again get everybody on the same page, it goes a whole lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Any uh, do do you have uh like a a a board? Uh, that that kind of helps you organize this. Uh, we we talked about delegating stuff to assistant coaches. One of the things that we switched to in in our community over the last few much months is a a basket a boys basketball board, a girls basketball board, a a football board, and you know with in our situation with girls and boys basketball, we work pretty closely with each other and we try to align things as much as we can within our programs. Try to keep the costs about the same. Uh, you know, wow. so forth and so on. Um, it, is is that something that that you guys do, or you know, how do you kind of, you know, the 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 bureaucracy of it? How do you kind of organize that to take a lot of those responsibilities off your plate, uh, but yet you know what's going on? You know, it's good. More power to you. I, I tell you what, I commend you for doing that. The people that are fortunate to have that type of program but we do not have that at its building center i did not have that at uh at uh at spencer but again what i have been blessed with was some very good knowledgeable traveling team coaches but it would certainly you know it's not that we're would would it work i think it would work but we're just you know that borderline you know the size of school we have up here is about the same as sheldon but no, to, to answer your question, we do not go that route. I'm, I'm not saying it's not a route we couldn't go because I think it probably would work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're still kind of trying to figure it out. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and we've had a, a couple of ups and downs, but it's been mainly mainly ups and and very few downs, and 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 it's been really good for us. Uh, any other any other uh, things as far as organizing and uh, a, a youth program and 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 building that that culture up and and kind of just. Uh, any advice that you have for somebody who kind of walked into a situation like you did at Spencer where, you know, I feel like we have potential, uh, but it's it's going to, you know, it's going to take some doing here. Uh, what advice do you have for, for folks taking over a, a situation where uh, things are not at the, the level that one would want it to be at? First of all, you got to open it up to everybody and you're going to have some headaches doing that because you're going to find out who wants to play and who doesn't play. But Whatever you do, don't go out and handpick kids because I think you're just really opening up a can of worms there. I think you're going to have a lot of headaches if you do that. And just uh, if if you can find somebody in your community, if you're not that knowledgeable but you want to get involved, reach out and tell that person because anybody that's 
going to be asking that's willing to put in time a head coach, <clears throat> head boys coach, head go, girls coach, would certainly be thankful for you. And above all, <clears throat> again, be organized and be patient. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. my advice. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Don Martindale, head girls basketball coach at Esterville Lincoln Central High School. Uh, coach, been a great conversation with you tonight. I, I hope you've enjoyed your time on a pen and a napkin. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk to you, Marty. Brings back old times, Northwest Iowa and Sheldon and Lake Conference, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A, a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of time in my uh, youth and teenage years on yellow buses on Highway 18 and Highway 60 and, and all the crossroads uh, up to Spirit Lake. And like I said, it's uh, Emmitsburg uh, in the yellow gym at Emmitsburg High. Uh, hopefully they've changed the lights in the last 30 years or so. So uh, it's hard to believe I'm, I'm, I'm hitting up my 30-year high school uh, reunion this summer. And, uh, man, it's just hard to believe that 30 years ago um, – it was, you know, I was making those trips myself. So, uh, just life moves pretty fast, as Ferris Bueller would say. So, uh, but yeah, and the game of basketball is going to keep you, keep you young, Marty. I'll tell you what, I'm older than you are, but it still keeps you young. And I didn't, uh, we haven't talked much about Dick here at all, but, uh, Dick Jungers, but wow, what a program he's got going there. We're fortunate we beat them this year, but they turned around last Thursday night and beat us. So, He's got it going, and I really admire him, too, and I know he's a classmate of yours. Yeah, yeah, Dick and I have remained close over the years. Uh, he's he's uh, Him and his twin brother, Dave, are eight days older than me. Uh, so every oh, year, yeah. So every year, you know, it's like, Hey, you, you beat me to 40 blank again, you know? Uh, but, uh, no, he's done a heck of a job. I got a chance to, uh, uh, go just, he, he let me tag around with him for, uh, for an evening and I got to be in the locker room with him, uh, before, during and after game. And, and, uh, he, he just, uh, just does a terrific, terrific job with his kids. And, uh, obviously, uh, you don't do what he's done for as long as he's done it without uh, uh, knowing what you're doing. And he does—he just does a wonderful, wonderful job. And and if you're if your team knocked him off, then you're doing a heck of a job as well. It was a heck of a game, but he's 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 just a phenomenal coach. And again, I really appreciate this opportunity, and thank you for having me. No problem. Why don't you hold the line here while I wrap a couple of things up, and and we'll go from there. How's that sound? Absolutely. All right. Again, Don Martindale, head girls basketball coach at Esterville Lincoln Central High School in Esterville, Iowa. Uh, We want to thank him for being on the podcast tonight. We want to thank COSAC Chiropractic for being our founding sponsor. Again, if you're needing of any chiropractic services here in Omaha, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Uh, we'll be dropping this Monday morning. It's Sunday night. We're dropping it Monday morning. Uh, download, rate, review the podcast. Give us five stars. Any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Again, it's been a pri- privilege and a pleasure to have Don Martindale on here, the Hall of Famer. Uh, good luck with number 300. That'll be coming very, very quickly, I'm sure. And coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.